And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello and welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, my name is Ryan Skullrude. I'm your host tonight. Uh, usually my brother's uh, going along with this thing with me. Uh, he's uh, out sick tonight, so it's just uh, me doing a solo show. Wanted to welcome you guys all. I hope you all had a, uh, a fun time trick-or-treating with your kids or maybe trick-or-treating yourself. Or if you're like me, taking your kids trick-or-treating to figure out all the candy that you're going to take out of their baskets while they're sleeping. <laughs> I've already had my share tonight. So I may be on a little bit of a sugar high, talking a little bit quick, but I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll try to slow it down for you guys tonight. Um, what a wild, wild week in fantasy football. I mean, you talk about injuries, absolute injuries and just crappy play absolutely killed me this week. I think I finished uh, one and four, and that one still, my, my team came nowhere near projection. So why don't we go ahead and get into some news and notes, and then uh, after that, we're going to get into some of the stars from this last week and uh, a bunch of the flops from this last week, most of which I own. So that's, that, that's really encouraging. So I know that uh, a lot of you guys are going to be feeling my pain when it comes to uh, how uh, uh, a lot of these guys ended up playing. So uh, let's start with the news and notes. Um, in Philadelphia, Coach Doug Peterson said he will evaluate in these next couple of days, quote unquote, whether to replace Ryan Matthews with Darren Sproles as the number one running back. Now, that's uh, you know great news for all those Ryan Matthews, uh, <laughs> all those Ryan Matthews owners and believers. Um, I was not a huge um, believer in Ryan Matthews, not necessarily because I didn't think he was talented. I, my issue was more I didn't think he'd be able to stay healthy. But now it's just he's not able to get the job done. And so it looks like Darren Sproles is going to be uh, is probably going to be the number one. I don't know how that's going. to – I mean, Darren Sproles had an okay game that. Um, in Sunday night against uh, Dallas. Um, I was kind of hoping that, you know, Wendell Smallwood would start getting the, uh, would start getting the, uh, the carries, but I'm, I'm, I think, I don't think they have quite enough confidence in the, in the rookie yet. So as of right now, this is, you know, uh, I'm moving on from Ryan Matthews, maybe bench him for just a, maybe a week until, you know, we get some final confirmation on how that, uh, that's all going to play out. Um, number two, next on the list, uh, Coach Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons has confirmed that rookie tight end Austin Hooper will start against the Bucks in week nine. Um, this is after Jacob Tammy's injury. I believe it was, was it a separated shoulder. Yeah, it's a shoulder injury. So um, he played 73, Hooper played 73% of the snaps after Tammy went down. Ended up finishing the game um, five catches on five targets for 41 yards. 
He has Tampa Bay in this next game, which isn't a great um, – it's not a great matchup. I believe Tampa Bay only has – only gives up – I think it's given up the ninth fewest points to um, tight ends. But they're vulnerable just about everywhere else on their defense. So um, that could be – you know, that could be a, a spot where, you know, maybe a, a streaming option uh, in Austin Hooper. Um, also, Julio, Julio Jones, um, has had his knee examined earlier today. But um, as of right now, Dan Quinn said he should be good to go for the Thursday night game against Tampa Bay. Um, this is, you know, this honest, let's be honest, this is no different than most years for uh, Julio Jones, where he ends up on the injury report in some fashion, whether it's his knee or his, an- or his foot or his ankles, um, pretty much every week. But he still goes out there and plays and balls out. So um, for right now, I wouldn't have too much of a worry about Julio. He should be good to go in this next uh, this next week. Um, Buffalo Bills coach Rex Ryan said Monday that he is hopeful LaShawn McCoy uh, will be able to practice on Thursday. Now, it is helpful that McCoy has um, one extra day uh, getting ready for the Monday night football game against Seattle in Seattle. That's not necessarily a great matchup for LaShawn McCoy. Um, the Seattle defense will have one extra day to uh, get ready for that one after being on the field so much these last couple games. I hate to say it, but if McCoy is fully healthy, he could be an okay start against the uh, – I mean, he's one of the top running backs uh, in fantasy right now and in the league. So, I mean, if you've got him, you're going to start him anyway. There would be, I mean, I'm just saying that with how the Seattle defense has has been getting worn out because their offense is not getting the job done, uh, he's, you know, he's a no-brainer play coming up this next week if he's healthy. Um, if he's not, if it's Mike Gillisley, well, then he, you know, Gillisley may be a sneaky start. So, um, next, the, the Nile Davis project is over in Green Bay. They have officially released, Packers have released Nile Davis. Um, it looks like they are getting enough from uh, Devontae Parker, who played this last game with Ty Montgomery uh, sitting due to his sickle cell trait um, issues. Which, let's be honest, how much did that hurt everyone? Everyone thinking that this illness was just going to pass over because they hadn't disclosed what the illness was with Ty Montgomery. I mean, I, I know that uh, the Vox team was absolutely scrambling when the official word came out that Ty Montgomery was not playing, um, refilling some spots in their lineups and rearranging things to figure out who they were going to play. Um, but yeah, so Ty Montgomery... Um, I'm guessing is going to be all right for the next game. So they should, uh, so I, I'm guessing that's probably why they've released Niall Davis. They're just going to go that way. And I believe James Starks comes back in a couple of weeks. So uh, Broncos head coach, Gary Kubiak alluded to some frustration with Trevor Simeon at his Monday press conference. I don't think they're quite ready to go on to Paxton Lynch. Um, and let's be honest, Trevor Simeon has not exactly had the best season. Um, he's uh, he's kind of been up and down. He had uh, he had the um, the one was it? Did he miss just one week? I think he only missed the one week. Here we go. Let me here, pull him up here. Um, 
I mean, Simeon's, Simeon's basically, yeah, he missed the one game against Atlanta in week five. And, I mean, his totals are not anything to really be that interested in. Um, I mean, here on Yahoo, Simeon is purely a, a game manager on Denver's um, Denver's offense and a run game oriented team. So the Broncos can't afford for him to commit turnovers, which let's see, he's thrown, he, well, he only threw the one pick, but he's thrown four already, just that he's not really throwing touchdowns. So um, eight and four so far, eight touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, fumbled the ball twice, losing one. Paxton Lynch didn't show enough uh, in his week five spot start to be taken seriously. Um, but, you know, again, if Trevor Simeon's not getting the job done, I mean, luckily the, the Broncos defense is just absolutely balling out. So they should, you know, so they should be, they should still be okay um, in terms of how the team's doing. The, I mean, Trevor Simeon's not playing all that well, which means that Dem, uh Demarius Thomas, and who's already having his own issues, not being able to catch the ball. And Emmanuel Sanders haven't been doing all that great either. So it would be interesting to see if they do move to Paxton Lynch, how that's going to affect the other two. I believe it more puts uh, more of a stress on the run game, which we're going to get to. So let's go, uh, let's go ahead and uh, continue with the Broncos news. Devontae Booker is undergoing more tests, but expects to be cleared for week nine. Um, he came out of the game, I want to say, I can't remember if it was Kapari Bibbs who they had come in, but Booker came back in, uh, finished the game, 19 carries, 54 yards and a touchdown, kind of somewhat salvaged the day that everyone thought was going to be a, a huge game for him. Um, right now he is, uh, you know, right now he's still the only guy that they've got. Uh, again, Kapari Bibbs is the, is the backup um, we'll kind of find out more Wednesday uh, when they update the injury report on how Devontae Booker is doing. Um, if you've got the space, I would pick up Kapari Bibbs just in case. Um, again, if you've got the space, if you don't, maybe look a different direction. So, Going on to the Chargers, um, wide receiver Travis Benjamin um, has been battling a PCL sprain for a couple weeks. He's getting his second opinion. Um, he has had continued discomfort in that knee. As you can see, he obviously hasn't been playing all that well either. Um, had the, really the one big week, and that was it. So um, that could, you know, if he's, if he's out, that could lead, lead to maybe Dontrell Inman getting a little more playing time. But, you know, it's, for for Philip Rivers to have to deal with so many of his wide receivers going down, it's just it's ridiculous. Uh, let's go on to uh, Arizona Cardinals. Coach Bruce Arians confirmed Monday that JJ Nelson is now a starting wide receiver. I'm guessing that he is probably taking Michael Floyd's position since Floyd can't seem to hold on to the ball at all. Um, yeah, so yeah, looking here. Brown and Fitzgerald is still above him, but it looks like he's sliding into Floyd's spot. Um, I know that so many people pick Michael Floyd. I mean, you talk about a guy who's absolutely having a bust of a contract here. I mean, he's been absolutely terrible. Um, you know, dropping wide open passes right into his hands. So, J.J. Nelson looks like he's uh, he's going to be good to go to take that third spot. And he, like, like you said, performed really, really well in this last week. Uh, eight catches, 79 yards, and two TDs. 
So it looks like he's someone that, that Palmer um, Palmer seems to have some some trust in. So moving on. Oh, um, Larry Fitzgerald is dealing with a low ankle sprain. He's expected to be ready for week 10 um, after the after the Cardinals bye here in week nine. Uh, Ty Montgomery, yeah, the, going back to Ty Montgomery, his illness is related to his sickle cell trait. So hopefully that, you know, they'll be able to kind of figure some things out with that um, to get him ready for uh, their next game. Um, one more on the Cardinals. Uh, Coach Bruce Arian says that after test, cornerback Tyran Matthew has to rehab his shoulder. He will be out three to six weeks after uh, basically separating his shoulder um, in the game against Carolina. So that is that is not good news for their defense. Um, they've been playing really well, but uh, um, we'll kind of have to see what kind of effect that's going to have, especially in the slot for the for slot receivers for the opposite teams, because um, that was the main main spot that he was covering, kind of going back and forth between safety and slot and slot corner. So uh, going on, Jaquiz Rogers was spotted with his left foot in a walking boot on Monday. So those of you who had Charles Sims and thought, hey, once once Doug Martin's out, I've got the guy. And then he went out, and then it was Jaquiz Rogers. So he went and got Jaquiz Rogers. Like, okay, Jaquiz Rogers playing great. I've got the guy. Well, it looks like it now may end up being, you know, Mike James or who's the other one? Was it, was it Barber? Parker? Barber. So we'll kind of see. He's, you know, he has a sprained foot. We'll see how he comes back. I don't think he'll be ready for Thursday. Um, Dirk Cutter didn't seem to be too optimistic <laughs> about, about how Jaquiz Rogers' foot was doing. So, um, Moving on, let's go to uh, – oh, Corey Coleman um, has been cleared to practice in full. So he'll be back, uh, looks like, in Week 9 playing against the Dallas Cowboys. And so – that I think that'll give a bit of a boost to the offense. In the last game that he was in, he had was a four or five catches for a hundred yards and two TDs. So, and with Josh McCown back and seemingly healthy, uh, I mean, obviously Terrell Pryor is the number one wide receiver. He has you know proven that that is his role. Uh, I think that could really help maybe maybe pull a little bit of coverage off of Pryor. Um, you know, if Coleman can get back and 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 be a um, be a solid contributor there. Um, oh, let's go back. Trying to cycle through all these. Um, oh, where'd it go? That's no good. Here's something of note. I mean, we'll see how this goes. Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott could face a lengthy suspension as a result of an NFL investigation into allegations of domestic violence. I mean, Twitter and Facebook and everything absolutely blew up with this, and I almost I almost forgot to put it in the notes. Um, as of right now, I don't think there will be any serious effect. I did have one league, one or two leagues where I went ahead and picked up Alfred Morris just in case um, because I don't have Ezekiel Elliott. I mean. The the with everything that's gone down with Ray Rice and Josh Brown, the NFL is do is trying to 
I guess you could say, get control of its players when it comes to domestic violence. And so even though the, what, what's somewhat confusing on this one is that even though the police decided not to press charges against Ezekiel Elliott saying that there were too many conflicting reports, that does not mean that the NFL um, can't do something if they feel that there is enough evidence in their book to, um, to go ahead and suspend if necessary. So, um, see if I can find the, mm, I didn't find it. So, okay, we may skip that. It looks like uh, Big Ben will most likely be healthy and ready to go for week nine, uh, which will be extremely helpful to um, Antonio Brown owners, uh, as well as um, if you've got Sammy Coates, that'll really help him out as well. Uh, and Blake Bortles is bringing in a quarterback coach to help him with his mechanics. I mean, everyone, I mean, you go back to our bust episode. I want to say it was like episode three. I had Blake Bortles picked as my quarterback bust. And he's proved in the first, you know, three and three quarters quarters of game in this last week on why he he's horrible. And, you know, the he is he is the the king of garbage time. And, you know, everyone will look at, well, hey, he had a great fantasy game. Yes, he did, but I'm sorry, I cannot count on a guy who's only getting all of his all of his stats in in uh in garbage time, I won't, I'm not going to take that risk. I mean, I tend to, to be risking a lot of my plays. That is not a way I'm willing to go. So I, I avoid Blake Bortles at, in all possibilities, whether it be even as a, even as a bi-week pickup or as a, a starter on, um, uh, in a DFS lineup. I'm, I'm not going to use him. I avoid him at, at all costs. And the one last big piece of news um, the future, uh, well, I mean, I figured future Hall of Famer Andre Johnson has decided to retire. He wasn't really being used, to, utilized at all in Tennessee. Um, I mean, they're a run first offense. Um, honestly, I mean, you talk about a man who is an absolute beast of a wide receiver. I think the one, I think the one, um, mark that he never hit that I think that, you know, may, I don't know, it may haunt him, it may not, but the fact that he never got, you know, 10 touchdowns in a season. The multiple years he got nine, but never got 10 in a season, I think, I, I think it just astounds me. Um, you know, I remember for so many years, it was between him and, uh, and Megatron on who was, who was the best wide receiver, you know, that season. And, you know, most, many of those years, it was Megatron. There were a couple of years that, you know, Andre Johnson's, um, just his totals, um, you know, rivaled Megatron. And the two of them, just seeing the two of them at the same time uh, in the league was, was really just a, a, a joy. And, and we wish, we just want to wish uh, Andre Johnson all the best um, as, he, as he moves on uh, with his life outside of uh, the playing arena. So, all right. So let's go ahead and get into our uh, kind of some of our star um, plays this last week. Derek Carr is, you know, he's shown to be an absolute beast, one of the 
very good young quarterbacks. 513 passing yards and four, TD, and four TDs, no interceptions. I mean, that's that's high quality right there. Um, you know, we'll we'll kind of see how he can do once he goes up against Denver's defense. Because um, that was against, I mean, that was against Tampa Bay. It'll be interesting to see how he can match up against Denver with with how well that Denver defense is playing, especially against the pass. Amari Cooper. 12 catches, 173 yards, and a TD. Now, here's something, here's something interesting that I saw about Cooper um, that just, it astounds me that they're not throwing his direction more. Anytime that Amari Cooper has had less than 10 targets, now, less than 10 targets, he has had no more than 71 yards, no more than five catches so in the one two three four four games that he has had less than 10 targets he's got five for 71 four for 62 five for 48 four for 29 so when he is not emphasized he definitely struggles however when he gets more than 10 targets i'm not saying catches more than 10 targets 11 11 targets six receptions 137 yards 12 targets, six receptions, 138 yards, and a TD. Plus, he's had two, in two of those games, he had two-point conversions. Um, 13 targets, 10 catches, 129 yards. 15 targets, 12 catches, 173 yards, and a TD. I mean, this kid's a man-child. If they would, if, honestly, if Oakland would just keep throwing his direction the guy is going to put up massive numbers. I think he gets better the more targets he gets. And so it, it kind of astonishes me that, that you know, Oakland doesn't throw his way more. Now, I understand they've got, they do have Michael Crabtree, who is also um, having a very, very good season. Um, come on. I mean, he's put up, you know, he said, what, two, three games, four, five games, Three games under 80 yards so far, um, you know. And when he gets ten, when he gets 10 targets, he's you know 10, eight for 96, 16, eight for 108, 12 targets, seven for 88, 11 targets, eight for 102. So I mean, I think that you know for the most part, Michael Crabtree is not. I don't think he's the talent that Amari Cooper is. He's close. But I think I think that, that Crabtree, you know, having some of the injury issues that he had early in his career, um, I think he's going to wear down a little bit a little bit sooner. And so Amari Cooper is more the guy that I favor. But I mean, both of them are having good years. I just I think if they throw Cooper's way, I think they'll have a little more success. So um, we already talked about J.J. Nelson and the great game that he had, and how he's now moving into a starting role. Tyler Eifert back from injury, nine for one hundred two and a TD. Did not see that coming. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, the, the people that actually held on to him all this time, it's finally paid off. Um, and so, you know, I don't see that being a, a continual thing, but I could see, you know, five, six catches, 60 yards in a TD, which is more of what he did last year. He led the, I want to say he led the league in TDs for tight ends. Um, but he, you know, his, in terms of his yards, he was, 
he was number five, four or five overall, but his yards, he was one of the only guys that only had like 700 yards. So um, Jordan Matthews, the ultimate PPR game, um, 11 catches for only 65 yards, but he had a TD in there. So, um, and then Jamison Crowder, nine for 107 and one. He's a guy that really, I think is, extremely underutilized in fantasy he is he is a guy that should be owned much more than he is um especially i want to say that he's also either the punter kick returner so if you have return yards um you know uh scoring jameson crowder should be owned and you know we talk you know we i don't talk about rogers or brady both of them had great games but you i mean honestly you expect it from them rogers was not going to be held down you know, with the the subpar numbers that he had had all year. That wasn't going to happen. Um, and now that they have no running backs, he's got to throw the ball around. He's got to throw the ball over the yard. He's going to get his numbers. So, all right, moving on uh, for the, the flops. I mean, you talk about every – I've been on a couple of discussion boards on Facebook that uh, i got to be honest, sometimes I just want to leave him because – they're no longer discussion boards. They're, they're, you know, childish fights, you know, on whether or not DeAndre Hopkins is better than um, Odell Beckham Jr. That was actually a, a major Twitter argument that I, you know, when I said that I would prefer to have Odell, I don't necessarily, I just, you know, before the season, I didn't necessarily want to draft either one. You know, I thought there were some other options I would rather have. And people going off, well, their numbers are basically the same over their first couple of years of their their career. And uh, and and Hopkins is only going to get better. Well, Hopkins hasn't done anything thanks to the quarterback. Four for forty four yards. Now I don't have Hopkins on any of my on any of my teams, um, but uh, these next guys, yeah, this pretty much runs amok at the rest of my teams. So Spencer Ware getting knocked out. Seven for nineteen. Seven carries for 19 yards, two catches for 28 yards, then injured, then Shark request had to come in and finish up the job, did pretty well. Ware may not even be ready for this next week. Um, so Shark request maybe you got to look at for picking up. Mark, God, this is the one that killed me the most. I mean, yes, I'm a Seahawks fan, and that was a rough game to watch, especially towards the end. But Mark, you know, in fantasy, when you have a guy like Mark Ingram, you expect him to get something. You don't expect him to get only five yards, lose a fumble, and in one of my leagues where it's not only if you fumble, it's minus one point, and then in this league, it's minus another two points if the team loses the fumble. So five yards for a lost for a fumble that he also lost for minus two point five yards and or minus two point five points and gets benched. Oh God, that just absolutely killed me. And it looks like they may be going to a timeshare. So if you have a chance to get Tim Hightower, get Tim Hightower. Uh, Jack Doyle, um, two for 36. He looked like he was going to have a juicy matchup. That didn't work out so well. Marvin Jones is becoming pretty much invisible, three for 33. Julio Jones, I think part of the, re- part of the problems with Julio Jones this last week was the fact that he got injured, you know, kind of had to go to the locker room to check his knee and ankles. So, but like we said, Andre, you know, Julio Jones is going to get his. Um, the last time I remember seeing him last year in primetime, in a primetime game going up against Tampa Bay, I want to say he put up like almost right around 200 receiving yards, 
and uh, and had two touchdowns. So um, I think that he'll be pretty good for this next game. Um, he'll be healthy, so uh, should be good to go. Let's uh, go quickly through our pickups of the week. We don't want to have this you know episode go too long. Uh, pickups of the week. In terms of uh, waiver wire pickups, there's not a whole lot that I really like this week. We've got, I want to say, another six teams on by this week, which, you know, it's going to be brutal. Next week, there's another three or four. So for those of you going through bye week hell, let's look at um, Sam Bradford. is only owned in 16% of leagues, and he's got a game against Detroit. I believe it's at home against Detroit. So, he, you know, he should be set up for a pretty good game there. Detroit's defense is terrible and giving up yards to everyone. Um, and so look for that connection between Sam Bradford and Kyle Rudolph. Um, since Detroit gives up the most fantasy points to tight ends, that connection should be really good for this next week. So especially in your, um, in your DFS lineups, that would be something to look at. Dak Prescott is still only owned in 62% of Yahoo leagues, and he has an absolutely amazing matchup against a terrible Cleveland defense. So if you can utilize that, if he's available in your league, you need a, you need a bye week guy. Dak Prescott, I think, is going to be a great guy to pick up. So moving on to wide receivers. Uh, with Big Ben coming back, I think that Sammy Coates would be a good pickup. 42% owned, has a game against uh, Baltimore, um, at Baltimore. They, I want to say they're, they're, they're like the seventh worst in terms of giving up points to wide receivers. So... Um, he's had the extra week to let his hand heal up, so that should that should be beneficial. So Sammy Coates would be a guy to look at. Uh, Corey Coleman, um, now that he's healthy, 42% owned, going up against Dallas. As long as since Josh McCown's back, it's not Cody Kessler. They actually have a guy that can throw the ball, can get the ball to both him and Pryor. So that would be uh, that would be one way to go um, in terms of your wide receivers. For running backs, I've got a few here. I mean, this one, I guess you could call somewhat controversial. Thomas Rawls, he's owned in 43% of leagues, and everyone says that, that uh, you know, if he comes back, it's going to be a timeshare between him and, um, and Christine Michael. However, I'm just not, I'm not sold on Christine Michael. There are so many plays where it looked like, it's so many running plays where it looked like he was falling over when he should have been breaking through and taking off for another 15, 20 yards. I'm not, I'm not sold. Um, and it, you know, according to some of the, some of the reports I've read, it doesn't sound like um, Pete Carroll is completely sold that Christine Michael is the guy to go with. So um, once, if they want to make sure that Rawls comes back completely healthy, he could be back in time, especially for fantasy playoffs. If he can be completely healthy and they can bring him in there, that's, that's really going to help out the, the offense. I think that Thomas Rawls can break tackles and push through. So he's 43% owned in Yahoo League, so he would be more of a stash player. So if you've got the room. Now, I understand it's going to be a little hard this week, maybe even next week with all, the, with all the teams on buys. If you've got the room, go ahead and stash him. Um, let's move on. Uh, Kenneth Dixon, they're just coming, Baltimore's just coming off a of bye week. He's only 12% owned. I think he would be a good, uh, a good guy to go with. Um, as a hope and pray play <laughs> that he uh, manages to uh, to take over the the spot from from Terrence West or at least gets utilized as the passing down back um, in Baltimore 
And then finally, Trekandrick West, only 9% owned. He has a game against Jacksonville. Um, again, like we, like we stated earlier with Spencer Ware um, and his injury, if he's not available to go, Trekandrick West will be the guy to go, um, will be the starter. I still think Jamal Charles is, I mean, in my opinion, I think he may be done for the season. Um, you know, if he's going to Dr. Andrews to check out both of his knees. Um, West will have a game against Jacksonville, whose defense is, you know, again, a bunch of, you know, just a giant sieve to let everything through. Um, so, yeah, Chuck Kendrick West would be, uh, would be a decent pickup. And then finally, tight ends. I believe this will be either the third or the fourth week in a row. I understand that this week he's on a bye, but pick up CJ Fedorowicz for crying out loud, people. He's only 15. How is he only 15% owned in Yahoo Leagues? He has now moved up in the last four weeks. He has moved up to, was it number, number 14 in, in, my PP, in one of my PPR leagues? Um, let me see. Oh, crud. I hate it when my computer does this. There we go. Fedorowitz, Fedorowitz, Fedorowitz. In the last few weeks, he has had... Okay, just take the last five weeks. Five targets for four, four catches, 48 yards, and a TD. Eight targets, four for 61. Seven targets, six for 85 and a TD. Seven targets, five for 35. Seven targets for five for 43 and a TD. The guy is getting... I mean, in a standard league, he is... He's uh, he's getting you your your you know your five to seven points that you expect from a from a tight end, which really unless you have one of the the big time players, that's all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get out of your tight end. Um, you know five to you know you figure five to seven points um, in standard leagues, but in PPR he is getting the targets, guys. Or the, let's see, so twenty-one in the last five weeks he's gotten thirty-four. He's averaging seven targets a game. And yet, and I know it's he's got Brock Osweiler throwing to him, who is who has not been. But Osweiler can only throw it so far. And CJ Fedorowicz, it's not like he's throwing. He's running these long routes. He's only getting what seven yards a catch, eight yards a catch, twelve yards a catch. Um, so he's being utilized in the in the in the red zone. Pick this guy up. Use him in your in your DFS leagues, in your DFS lineups. CJ. Fedorowicz, and you, again, let's look at the rest of the season. Week 10 at Jacksonville. Week 11 against Oakland. Week 12 against San Diego. Week 13, Green Bay, and, you know, a good team, but they can't stop anyone on defense. Week 14, Indianapolis. Week 15, again, Jacksonville. Week 16, Cincinnati. You just saw what they gave up to Jordan Reed. And yes, Jordan Reed's, you know, a big time, you know, one of the big time tight ends. But Cincinnati's had trouble against the tight ends all season. So, I mean, C.J. Fedorowicz, C.J., I'm going to say it again, he is this year's Gary Barnage. Pick him up while you still can. Okay, sorry to go on that little rant. Okay, finally, um, the last guy I have to pick up that um, uh, in terms of tight ends would be Dennis Pitta. Um, he's 44% owned going up against uh, Pittsburgh this week. Yeah, he has a great connection with, with Joe Flacco. So I mean he's he's definitely a guy, you know, he he'll be used in the red zone. So Dennis Pitta, he's a good PPR guy. So yeah, that's I mean that's those are my tight end guys. So all right. Uh looks like uh we're running out of time, so I wanna just uh, give one last shout out um 
to all of our listeners. We we could not do this without you. We appreciate all the downloads and views we've been seeing on YouTube and iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you again for listening to the show. Uh, be sure to tune in for our next show where we go over um, our DFS plays and uh, and kind of our start and sit advice for uh, for the next week. So um, again, thank you for listening. Um, my name is Ryan Scaldred, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.